0: Right now, you can get both Sprint's unlimited plan and the all-new Samsung Galaxy S10 included for just $35 per month per line for five lines. All you need is approved credit and 24-month installment billing. No trade-in required. Visit a Sprint store,
1: Sprint.com, or call 800-SPRINT-1. Phone 15 dollars no is a month after 2250 a month credit. Apply within two bills. If cancel, early remaining balance to Unlimited basic after 630-20, pay $32 per month per line for five lines with auto pay data deprioritization during congestion, speed maximums, use rules and restrictions apply.
4: On this week's edition of Uncle Sam's Soccer Podcast, we discuss spending in MLS. Is there a correlation between big spenders and success? Kenny Price joins us from the 19th minute to discuss FC Dallas news on and off the field. And finally, VAR had some controversy this week in MLS. We look to discuss those as well. All this on this week's episode of Uncle Sam's Soccer Podcast.
3: Hello and welcome to Uncle Sam's Soccer Podcast. I'm Steven Jodder and across from me is Arman Khafai. Howdy y'all. How we doing folks? Episode 6, right?
4: Yeah, we've made it through 6 episodes. 6 episodes
3: and boy is this going to be a controversial one. Yeah, I mean... VAR lit it up. But uh, that will be our third segment, listeners. Our final segment. Our final segment. First, we're going to talk about the spending... In correlation to MLS success, success. Do you think, without looking at the research or knowing what you know, did you do you think it actually correlates? Like, like you see PSG for example is a perfect example. Spend, spend, spend. Manchester City, spend, spend, spend. Success eventually does follow.
4: I don't think it's like that in MLS. I think it's more on a moderate scale. If you spend a little bit, you'll be fine. But I think. The restraints on the salary cap and whatnot. There's a lot more. It's a lot more parity compared to those leagues.
3: Mm, okay.
4: If that makes any sense.
3: Sure. So, but let's the, the MLS player payrolls were released April, so right. it's been a couple of months. Mm-hmm. As of 2017, do you know who number one is?
4: Giovinco is it not?
3: It's Geron- Toronto, not oh, player. Oh. This is. Team, team, payrolls, yeah. team teams. Team, oh yeah. So then you have NYCFC, Orlando, Chicago, LA, round out the top five. Right. But if you look at the standings, Toronto, NYCFC, Chicago are all on top of the Eastern Conference. Right. If you look at the Western Conference, it's the Dynamo, Seattle, Sporting KC, and FC Dallas. Although FC Dallas does have two games in hand, so you have to throw them in there. But those clubs, on the other hand... FC Dallas is spenders. you know yeah FC Dallas is 17th. Mm-hmm. The New York Red Bulls who are actually 4th in the East are in 14th. Um Houston at the bottom of the league.
4: Yeah. Uh, like I said I don't think a substantial amount of spending is needed for MLS success because of the restraints you have with the salary cap and yeah.
3: whatnot. Sporting KC 16th, right? But you know that that's just the sample. The sample size is only of this year. So if you if you continue back to, for example, two thousand and sixteen, payrolls, what were they? Toronto, NYCFC, LA, Orlando, Seattle. Again, round out the top five. Colorado that year when Jermaine Jones was there last year was. When six. They went to the conference final. Yes, they were in conference final. At the bottom, of the league was Dallas, DC, Columbus, and Chicago. But at the, if you look at the standings, guess who was first? It was Dallas, then followed right. by the Colorado, then the Galaxy. In the Eastern Conference, it was the Red Bulls, NYCFC, and Toronto. Okay, fine. Extend that to another year, 2015. Toronto, LA, NYCFC, Orlando, Seattle, Sounders. What were the standings then? Again, New York Red Bulls were at the top. Yeah. But guess who was spending more? It was their, their rival, NYCFC. And they finished outside the playoff yeah, picture. The playoffs that year, right? No. Dallas was in first place in the Western Conference and they were 19th. Actually ahead of the New York Red Bulls. So it's it's a mixture of spend and not spend. Like I feel like you either are one extreme. Yeah, you, you are at the spend bottom a lot or you don't spend. If you spend somewhat you're in the middle. That's weird.
4: That is it's really weird. I mean, but it's a structure of the MLS, the salary caps, and trying to keep parity and whatnot.
3: Yeah, no, but I don't know. It, it's really interesting because I think now, as as the league progresses, you are going to see more sp- the spending to increase. Obviously, you saw with the the, the transfer of Paul Areola, three mil. Oh yeah, and I mean that, that's Fella coming also, and yeah, yeah, yeah,
4: all these big names coming in. That is
3: increasing the, the amount of money that clubs have to spend on their on a payroll and it's not fair because if you look at the the player payroll of 2017 sebastian Giovinco makes or is it Kaká? Kaká is the most exp- gets paid the most and it's uh about six and a half mil at six and a half mil that is more than fc dallas new england minnesota dc montreal houston spent on their pe- team as a whole
4: and here's the thing, how's Orlando's on the field success been? Slacking. It's not it's, it's not it's not it's not been as good as some of those teams down there. No, that's a really hasn't. interesting case study to think about.
3: But do you do you think that you need to spend more?
4: As a team, I would strive to spend more money. I think the league is pushing that way, especially with the new contract with Adidas. That new $700 million uniform deal, more money is coming into the league now than Everdex. Those expansion fees that will be coming in shortly, the league is going to be having more money than ever, And they're going to give those to those teams for them to spend. That's why you have GAM, TAM, all those like weird acronyms implemented. So the league is going to be spending more. I think the league needs to spend more on those mid-tier players. Not the biggest, not the worst, but those mid-tier players. Players that make up the depth and whatnot that makes any sense.
3: No, it does. And if you look at player salaries, Kaka, Jivinko Bradley, Pirlo, Va- uh Via, Dos Santos, Schweinsteiger, out the door, Dempsey, on and on and on. It's only a handful of clubs.
4: Right. Orlando,
3: exactly. Toronto, NYCFC, LA, Chicago, uh Seattle, because Portland. Because what big name does Colorado? one live
4: in New York or LA? Yeah. Why would yeah. they want to go to Columbus? I mean, no offense to Columbus. I mean, I'd say I could say the same thing about Dallas. But or, I mean,
3: Colorado, for yeah. t- to an extent too.
4: Yeah, I mean, no one really, no big name really wants to go to those clubs.
3: No, not at all. And if you think about it, and you really, really mess around with it, is 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 the on-field success of, of spending money there to a the degree? Like, but you don't have yeah. to. The thing is, New York Red Bulls and FC Dallas have the two best academy programs.
4: Right. Exactly.
3: So. What are you, if you take those out, then suddenly the spending does become important.
4: Would have to be.
3: Right, but the question is should you be spending for these big names? Kaka, Giovinco, Bradley, Pirlo, Villa, Swinsteiger. If I was
4: an MLS general manager and I was looking to make the most successful team on and off the pitch, keeping us on and off the pitch, I would go for one of those stars. But I'd throw in a young South American, kind of like a mixture of what Chicago's done by bringing in, let's say, a Schweinsteiger and what Atlanta has done by bringing in those younger South American players. Because in the end, those younger players are going to be the ones that are going to be the face of the league sooner or later, to be honest. I mean,
3: Atlanta's eighth in 2017 when it comes to team uh, payrolls.
4: With the payroll, but I mean, they also spent a lot of money trying bringing in Almeron, and and Martinez, yeah, 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 yeah. and Vilaba.
3: I mean, that's the thing is, but the pro you have to look at it this club exposure for Toronto, NYCFC, Orlando, and now Chicago, LA, though Seattle, Portland. There are and, always the
4: games on national TV
3: and Atlanta now. Though literally, that's the list of of. The highest spending clubs. What do they all have in common? They're relatively successful. Big market. Uh, besides for Orlando and LA, uh, successful big markets, soccer base fans. I mean, right. true passionate fans, and they're national television. Uh, television that's brand exposure. So e- Toronto probably is making up quite a bit of that money with when it comes to, and, to, yeah, to and ticket sales, stadiums, rep- and whatnot. Yeah, exactly. yeah, 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 yeah. And and you want that ex uh, that success to continue on, on through the
4: playoffs. Right,
3: Toronto made it to the uh, MLS Cup. MLS Cup. NYCFC uh, made yep. it. Lost to Toronto, Toronto. in
4: the semifinal.
3: Uh, Chicago. We'll see what they do, and we'll see what happens because Colorado's a perfect case. They spent a lot of money last year, and yeah, they got to the conference final, but look where they are this year.
4: Yeah, Colorado's an interesting case. I mean, but I they thought,
3: lost to Romaine yeah. Jones, and that that. Puts them literally right in the middle when it comes to MLS spending. Really? Yeah. Wow. So even with Gashi and Howard, and Howard is one of the top. Howard makes like is eleventh most uh, is the highest eleventh highest paid player in MLS.
4: Really? Yes. For a goalie, that's as a goalie. That is interesting because I can name some goalies that are maybe not as good as Howard, but up there. And mm-hmm. wouldn't be worth one million.
3: So as as a as a MLS owner, let's put our let's put our MLS owner or GM role because it's the owner that pays the check. Right. If you are paying Kaka six and a half $6.5 let' let's say six and a half. Now it depends on bonuses and all that, but the base salary is about six and a half million. Is it worth it for Kaká? I would say no. No. Okay. Sebastian Giovanco, five and a half. Absolutely. Yes. Okay, Michael Bradley. For six mil. I
4: would say so, yes.
3: Pierlo for five and a half. No way. David Villa for five and a half. Absolutely. Uh, Giov- uh, Giovanni Dos Santos for three and three-fourths quarter.
4: Yes, for his off-the-field marketing and whatnot that he could do with it.
3: How is Giovanni listed six and Bastion Schweinsteiger who makes... F- oh, Giovanni Dos Santos gets paid a lot in bonuses. Yeah. The base salary is only point. Seven five, but when it comes to actual cash, it's five and a half.
4: Yeah, Schreiner, I'd say yes as well.
3: Out the door for yes. about five. Yes, Clint Dempsey three point two. Yes, so it's weird because you do the spending is worth it when it comes to these players are the most marketable players in exactly. MLS, and
4: that's and that's why I that's why I said if I was a GM, I would get at least one of these players for on and off the field success. But you can't load yourself with players of. Designated player, like you can't load yourself with, like, I would say Kaka, Dempsey, and let's say, let's throw in Michael Bradley. I don't think you can have all three of those. You I know mean, what? I'm not saying have all, like, playing style wise, but just like, it just, I don't think it mesh well, if that makes any no, sense. No,
3: it doesn't. And what's crazy is Colorado, for example, they have the 10th highest payroll, but two players are making about 3 mil.
4: 3.5
3: mil. Gashi, Gashi's making 1.5, Timmy Howard is making about 2. When it comes to to Colorado, it's 7.2. So at the math, So two players command about 40% of what they're paying their players. That is something the MLS has to get rid of. As Major League Soccer continues to grow, you cannot have players make millions of dollars. And then you have a player who's making 50K.
4: Yes, and uh, it, that's why when you, when, you look, when you look at a lot of uh, the Liga MX MLS matchups, you look at them... Just look at them and you see that maybe one through way one through ten, the teams are really competitive with each other. But outside of that, like the substitutes, the reserves, they don't even compare. Why? What do you mean? They already compare. As in look look at them. One through ten, MLS and Liga MX, they would be competitive. But put in the reserves, put in the bench, put in the backups, there's no depth in the MLS. Let's be honest here, I don't think there's any depth in m l s now teams can have sides with a lot of depth, but name one team that could keep up depth wise the injury if an injury crisis depleted them I mean
3: honestly nobody these players are so vital, especially the big ones Sebastian diavinko michael bradley uh and it's becoming interesting now you you're seeing a shift obviously the last several years away from the older European players to younger South Americans right. Look at Atlanta United. What do they do?
4: They go out. They got Al Marone, They got Villaba.
3: Exactly. They're they spending all these youngsters. They're spending this money on the youngsters. Now, the question is, is success. What is success in Major League Soccer? Is it making the playoffs? Is it winning the Supporter Shield? Is it winning MLS Cup? What is the most important aspect when it to success in ML, uh, Major League Soccer?
4: I know it's the same for you. It's the same for me. Let's say it together on three.
3: One, One, two, three. MLS, MLS Cup. Cup. Okay, thank you. So the Supporter Shield is meaningless. The The U.S. Open Cup could be something fantastic. But right now, it's, it's, meaningless. it's meaningless. Right now. These, d- d- what does the winner get? Like 50K? I
4: think it's 250K. 250K? 250K and a uh, CONCACAF Champions League spot.
3: So, yeah, okay, maybe it's a little bit more. But the 250K is, is nothing.
4: Yeah, and... You know, MLS doesn't really do much to... Not MLS, I'm sorry. U.S. US soccer, soccer. U.S. Soccer, yes. I'm sorry. Doesn't really do much to help promote that cup because I'm telling you, if a lot more people had known about that Christos United and that bar team that made that that run and played DC United and scored for free kick and was up 1-0, I'm sure a lot more people would have, you know, maybe tuned into it or something like that. It's, it's those stories that would make it so prestigious. But let's go back to the spending and whatnot. If teams aren't getting compensated enough to, you know, spend and you know compete in these cups, there's, there's no incentive for them because there's only one incentive in MLS. It's just win MLS Cup. So why should they go all out to win the US Open Cup?
3: Well, the MLS Cup is definitely important for 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 a brand, especially now more than because
4: internationally, no one cares if you're in the support Shield. No one cares Nobody in cup. Major
3: League Soccer cares who won the supporters shield last year. Or the year before. Or the year before that. Can you name me the last three supporters shield winners?
4: Well, I I can name two Dallas, Red Bull, and Seattle.
3: Was it Seattle? I think it was. Now that's going back to what, two thousand fourteen?
4: Two thousand fifteen. No, fourteen, you're right, sorry.
3: It was Seattle. Yeah.
4: Well, see, I can because I'm an MLS genius. But well, I mean, okay, we also host a can't. soccer
3: podcast. so let's be honest here. <laughs> but I mean, the casual fan's probably not going to care.
4: No, why would you care?
3: Why would you care? That that was the biggest gripe. FC Dallas may have may have had a successful season, winning two trophies, mm-hmm. and, and and all credit to them. They they played superbly for the regular season.
4: And then playoffs came. But but the playoffs
3: came out, and that's what people cares. My example is the 2007 New England Patriots. Yes, they went 16 and 0. But did they win the Super Bowl? No. So who cares about the 16 and 0? Right. It's not an accomplishment. Okay, sure, it's an accomplishment in the 16 and 0. But at the end of the day, what does it matter? It's the New York Giants who won the Super Bowl. It's the fact that Seattle Sounders won MLS Cup and FC Dallas at home watched them. Right. Uh, and and every year it's like that. The supporter shield champion never ever goes on to to really win the, the MLS Cup. It's shield about twenty five percent chance. It's such a
4: weird trophy. Now that I think about it, it's such a weird trophy. Well, and it, when it comes to success, it's there's no correlation really between the two.
3: No, not at all. It's about twenty five thirty percent that actually go on to do the double. Right. So, and a lot of the supporter shield winners used to be. I mean, you have to. It was early on in the league where they had a lot of those winners. And then L.A. L.A. is one of those that do often do the double. But right. they also had, I don't know, they also spent ridiculous amount of money. Yep. Beckham, Donovan, Keene. And success came. So if you're a major league soccer club and you're an owner and you're an expansion club, you have to think about, okay, what do we want to do? Do we want to sit and not have a payroll? Well, if you don't have a payroll, look at Columbus, FC Dallas, Colorado, New England. What are they all struggling in? More than anything is a fan, right. fan, a fan mm-hmm. attendance. I think New England's a weird case because of the location of being in Foxborough. That is way out of, that is forty minutes from Boston. And
4: you're the and you're the uh, Massachusetts uh, native, so yeah. So it, it's, you know about this.
3: Boy, it's really hard for these uh, for the the club to to attract. They do attract more of more people than FC Dallas does, and FC Dallas is surrounded by McKinney, Frisco, and Allen, Texas, and they hold. About half a million people
4: okay what about New England
3: New England Fox Bros. I mean it's really in the woods really but FC Dallas is located in a city I mean you could you could drive 10 minutes to go to the stadium and you, you could sell it out the problem is look at Chicago it's a perfect example they sucked last year
4: they were terrible. They, they were God terrible. Awful.
3: They got Bastian Schweinsteiger, and suddenly they have a fan base that's that's excited to go to the games. It's, they spent
4: money to improve their team. Let's not forget Nicolich as well. Yes, the forward. He's and been then uh,
3: Dax McCarty and Jimeno, a calm. I mean, they're, they're a talented squad. So the spending in Major League Soccer needs to be there. I think MLS needs to push for spending, because what do the best clubs have? They have the best. They're in a the big market, but they have fan bases. They're in, they're they're internationally known. FC Toronto is known.
4: Toronto FC, uh, Toronto
3: FC sorry. So I used to saying FC Dallas, <laughs> but Seattle Sounders, they're known. LA Galaxy, they're known. Orlando is known. Yeah, I mean, it, it's 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 there.
4: It really it really is, and I mean, like I said, like I said towards the beginning of the show. Hopefully, with the new injection of money that's coming in through MLS, that they'll give more teams gam tam, wherever the ram. Ma'am, whatever they have, whatever, whatever it is, it they is are, the most complicated they give more. thing.
3: If you're a GM, you have to really know what try, you're doing. Try
4: doing it, in a football manager, it's really hard.
3: Oh, did they actually have the MLS, yeah, they
4: do. It's really hard. I, I quit.
3: You quit, no, yeah, what a quitter. Um, but speaking of one of the most successful clubs in recent years, has been FC Dallas, yeah, and we are a Dallas based podcast, so
4: but we're not biased,
3: we're not, you are. <laughs> Um, no way <laughs> so up next is Kenny Price from the 19th minute we're going to talk about FC Dallas the issues on and off the field but throughout the show in future episodes we're going to pull somebody who's more uh, club oriented to discuss the issues that they're facing uh, we had uh, Jeff talk a little Minnesota this, this week is FC Dallas yeah it's going to be a fun show Kenny's a great guy so I'm yeah, excited we're excited so that's up next
4: Joining us right now is Kenny Price. He's co host of the 19th Minute Podcast, a podcast that covers FC Dallas. Kenny, how are you today?
2: Pretty good, guys. How's it going? We're
3: doing great. Thanks for joining us.
2: Yeah, anytime. Glad to be on.
3: Awesome. Well, you were just telling us you had a great FC Dallas story. I want to hear uh, this. We got to hear this. I want to
4: hear it
2: now. Uh, It's how I became a fan. So um, I grew up in Mississippi which is obviously not a soccer hotbed. <laughs> and
3: uh, I don't think they know what soccer is over there.
2: To be fair, there's one MLS player, current MLS player, that's from Mississippi, and that's Marlon Harrison from Jackson, Mississippi, and there's, I, there's a reason I know that. Um, so I was, living at, I was living outside of Memphis, which is uh, South Haven, Mississippi, and I had been a Euro snob for years. I'm a United fan. I've always called United. Been a Euro snob. MLS sucked, all that and that. And then one day you kind of just realize, like, you know, this is our league. This is uh, this is the league we have. It's not perfect, but it's ours. So I'm like, you know, for me, it was important to pick my team based off my location. Right. I've uh, that's always been a big thing for me. Okay. So as it turned out, Frisco was about twenty miles closer to me than Kansas City was. <laughs> what's 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 funny now is. If I made that same decision today, I'd I'd went I'd Atlanta would have been my team. I'd lived in Atlanta for a little while as a kid. Uh, man, it's fu- that's
3: a are you? It's, I was to say, are you, are you disappointed that you didn't make your decision today? No, no,
2: no. I'll still support Atlanta. Uh, that's just I grew up a, a couple of years. I grew up in North Atlanta, so uh, I still they're my Eastern Conference team. I can have an Eastern Conference team.
4: Yeah, mine's Orlando City because you know it's um, on fire.
2: Exactly.
3: Armand bought a, a a freaking jersey. I mean, he was so hellbent uh, on loving that guy and supporting his favorite player. I love that guy.
2: Nice. Hey, I like Dwyer, too. Um, so, I was living around Memphis, South Haven, and then I really didn't like the area. I decided FC Dallas was going to be my team. And then I came out for the 2011 season opener against the Chicago Fire. Uh, Milton Rodriguez scored. Uh Breck Shea got sent off with a red card. And Just kind of fell in love with the area. Fell in love with Frisco. Just, you know, I loved it. I worked in IT. I'm in IT security. So I was looking to move. I came out again in the fall. And I saw FC Dallas play the Red Bulls. I think Luke Rogers scored the winner on that one. Luke Rogers. And (laughs) I also saw them. That was the year they were playing in CONCACAF Champions League. They played against Tauro FC. And a guy named... Danny Cruz scored the goal in that go- in that game. So this has been a while. We're talking 2011. So, um, so you, the fall. Follow- yeah, you're,
3: you're a big. Uh, I'm gonna say you you started with the grassroots when FC Dallas. You know, Back so, then I, they weren't necessarily the best club. I mean, they they made the playoffs here no, and there. But
2: to be to be fair, they had went to MLS Cup the year before. They were no, MLS right. Cup 2010. Yeah, I remember
3: that. In yeah Toronto, at- the frigid frigid cold, and was it Connor? No, uh, own gold by George it. John. George
2: John. George John, yep, yep. So, um, yeah, that was fall 2011, and then May 2012, my wife and I uh, decided, you know, we didn't have any family or friends out in the Dallas area, and uh, we decided, let's just go. So we uh, packed all our clothes, had a 55-inch TV, we put it in a minivan, and moved out to Frisco, and uh, man, it's been a... Been a wild ride. Best decision we ever made. Best awesome. decision.
3: Well, it's, you're you obviously you've done this FC Dallas podcast.
2: Oh yeah. You you
3: you are there every game. Yep. Uh, you're you're covering the team. I mean, currently, what are your thoughts on, on the squad, or just you know the the season in general?
2: You know, I think it's solid. I I am not one to freak out over a few results uh, personally. Uh, the goal at the beginning of the season after last year, when you win the Supporters' Shield, when, the, when you win the U.S. Open Cup, the next year, the priority is going to be MLS Cup. It, has it to is be. It's MLS Cup or bust. Right. So that's why this year, you know, th- they've looked really good. They've looked not so good. I think it's going about how I expected f- to be ready for the fall. All this everything that's happening is gearing toward November. This team's going to be judged in November. It doesn't matter what happens in August. It's going to be what happens in November. MLS Cup is the only goal for this team. And, you know, the front office said as much.
3: No, I mean, we had Walker Zimmerman. And last what I found most interesting was he said that last season they were just content with winning a trophy. And they weren't mm-hmm. necessarily, they didn't care which one it was. It was, let's just win Trying a trophy. Trying to get that monkey off their back. Yeah. And they ended up i guess doing the double but what we were talking about in just previously before you joined us was at the end of the day what matters in major league soccer and up until the, that's today's game i mean maybe in 15 years this can change you know with the growth of the league right. but mls cup is all that matters nobody cares that fc dallas won the supporter shield besides maybe fc dallas fan in the club but other than that you go around major league soccer they said well seattle won the mls cup that's what matters
2: I agree. And you know, it's you know, when you look around other soccer leagues, you know, the League Cup, the US Open Cup for us is a bigger deal in other countries. It's less of a big deal here right now. That's part of the growth of the sport. But yeah, all that matters is, you know, in December being up on that platform lifting the trophy with all the confetti around you, that's the iconic image of an MLS season and if you're not the one doing that, um then you got to be working on trying to do that. And, and that's the tough thing. Playoffs are such a crapshoot. But this team's this team's been through a lot. I I like where we're headed. And another thing about that is that, like, not a lot of other teams around the league are as hardened as this team. I I believe. Um, I haven't just been impressed with tons of teams around the league. That probably plays into more of my confidence about FC Dallas. Well,
3: I was going to say. With F C Dallas, I mean with the with the national people that we've had uh, national guys that, that we've had on the show, mm-hmm. F C Dallas still remains a, a smaller market team when it comes mm-hmm. to just the marketing general. Do you do you think what what do you, why do you think that is? When it when it comes to everybody says, Well, F C Dallas is successful, everybody loves their academy system, they love what they're doing, that's great. But nobody's seen E S P. N doesn't have, take time to talk about FC Dallas. The, Fox Sports doesn't take time to talk about FC Dallas. Why is there? Why is there that gap?
2: Are we talking about national attention, or are we talking about attendance?
3: National attend uh, attention. attention. Yeah. Uh, the attendance is a separate issue. I think that's that's. I mean, <laughs> yeah, a lot of markets in, across the league suffer. And yeah. I mean, look at Orlando; they're not the net, best squad, but because of location and all of that goes into behind that. But national attention because. The national guys that come on, they love they love what FC Dallas is doing, but they don't care to really talk about it because it's just you know it doesn't move the needle.
2: It's you know those national pundits are just as fickle as fans are. I mean, it, I mean they want the star power too. I mean you're rarely going to get a pundit that's going to say hey, you know <laughs> they they want to talk about the Dempseys and the Laderos and the Giovinco's themselves, right? So, um, you know, it's a style of play. You know, I liken it a lot. I liken FC Dallas a lot to like Kansas City, where kind of like a, the team is the star. The almost the coach is the star. You would say the star of the team is almost Oscar Pereja. I'd say Kansas City is probably the same thing. Peter Vermes is pretty much the star of that team. There's this they it, they're two teams that have systems in places rather than the stars in places. So the, that's how I see it. I, 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 a lot of similarities between Kansas City.
3: Right, right, right. Um, what about w- w- FC Dallas? You gave a quote not too long ago to ESPN about how mm-hmm. FC Dallas in the new stadium they're looking to splash some cash.
2: Mm-hmm. And you think next so? Do
4: th- like what DC United is doing right yes. now with like getting Areola, uh, Zoltan, and uh, the the guy they got from the second division in Germany, kind of just banned yeah. before they move into their new stadium. Got to ask for and those, it's...
2: those rumors. Who do you think it could be and why? Oh, well, let me clarify the comment. So it wasn't just because they're moving to a new stadium. If we look back over the history of the past few years, um, they bought Carlos Grezzo for about $1.5 million reportedly. Uh, Christian Kalman was about $2 million himself. So the past two years they've spent millions of dollars on a player. Right. So and they and it increased. So 1.5, then to two, and then I'm gonna go with a pattern. If if you see a pattern in something, I'm more likely to go with it. So I'm gonna suppose they're gonna spend even more money and the stadium thing is there. 2018, the Hall of Fame, all those Hall of Fame tickets they supposedly sold. (laughs) Um that 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 plays a factor (laughs) in this. That certainly plays a factor. As far as who they would go after, uh, I There's don't probably know. Some I mean, like
4: no name Latin American guy that we don't know about, but he's probably ends up being really good.
2: I mean, it's it's got to be an attacking type player. God, well, that's a that's a tough one. It is it, I is mean,
0: tough one. It,
2: yeah, I mean uh, that. Yeah, that's who I would bring in. I I don't know. I guess if you were going to sell Kellen, eventually they're going to sell Kellen. I'd probably. Try to get a maybe Andres Gordado That'd to be interesting. you know si- similar uh, position there because uh, I do think there is a obviously a, a Mexican national team market that oh,
0: can absolutely. be tapped into.
2: Um, Gordado would be an interesting one. I don't
4: I don't you know I don't think about that one a lot. I
2: yeah I don't think about that one a lot.
4: Well, you can say something. Yeah, so. Yeah. You think Kellen's going to be sold by the end of the year in the winter transfer window?
2: Uh, they are going to try like hell to not sell him in August. Right. Um,
3: but that has to be ran through the club, Major League Soccer, and Costa.
2: There's three parties – well, four parties involved with the club, whoever is buying him. Well, see, and with Kellen, it's 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 even more complicated. you got to think about it from his perspective, okay? He wants to – he would likely – well, there wouldn't be much preseason that he'd have at this point if he moved now. But there's a there's a little soccer tournament going on next summer. Yeah, I believe y'all heard of it called the World Cup.
4: Never heard of it. So,
2: Never
3: heard of it. I'm, I'm excited <laughs> to finally see what the the hype's all
2: about. <laughs> so nowadays, when players are moving, it's all about 2018 World Cup. And right. Kelly could he could not be on the roster, or he could be a starter on the team. So his decision right now will shape whether he's on that roster or not.
3: Wouldn't it make so more do- sense for him to stay, though, knowing that he's going to get the starter? Because Bruce Arena, I mean, likes him. There's an obvious reason why he started in the Gold Cup semifinal and final. And although he, I don't think they were the best his best performances, not even close— I think uh, he's kind of slumped of recently. But wouldn't it make more sense for 2018 to for him to stay in Major League Soccer with a coach who does like Major League Soccer and the players?
2: I think if you don't – if he's not sold in August, he's not going to be sold in January. He's not going to – I don't think he's going to go join a team – mid season, and then that's even tougher to break into, and then that's your lead up to the World Cup. If he's gonna go, he's gonna go in August, or it's gonna be the following August after the World Cup. Him moving in January for his World Cup chances makes no sense. Mm. Um that's what I think. For him, I'm just t- I'm for the for the team, obviously selling him in January is ideal, but for him he doesn't want to move in January because you're coming into a team mid season and trying to break into that while trying to get those solid minutes to lead up to the World Cup. So if he if he wants a move, he's gonna want it now. And from a player's perspective, I understand, especially with the World Cup hanging over his head.
4: How much of a transfer fee do you think he'll fetch?
2: Um, depends on sell on fees, uh bonuses and stuff like that. If you told me that we could have if we got say 5 I, I would take 3 to 4 if you gave me like 50% sell on or something like that. Huh. I would take less I would take less money if you give me more sell on. I mean I have I have that much confidence in his potential. Right. So I'd take less money for the chance that he's going to even get better. And move on to another league. Say it does good, you know the, the team out there has been PSV a lot. So say you sell him to PSV for three million dollars, but you keep fifty percent sell on rights, and he's great there for two years. And then say a Premier League team comes and spends ten million dollars, and you're getting half that money. That's what I would. I would structure a deal, and I think I think FC Dallas should structure more, more deals like that, um, with sell on and everything like that.
3: Yeah, so to put it back to a national perspective, uh, you we we've seen the issues when it comes to national attention. But another issue is the off the field here, specifically in Dallas. Any comments on what happened with the, with the little Twitter fiasco when you know Zeke Elliott was suspended by the NFL for six game, and then the official Twitter handle of uh, FC Dallas tweets. Now I don't have the tweet off uh, right in front of me, but something like, "Hey Zeke we got six home games left." what's going on with FC Dallas? Because the marketing has been really, really bad from their end. And it is really starting to take its toll when it comes to this national attention that we were just talking
2: about. So let me preface this by saying is I don't get offended by – it takes a lot to offend me. When I initially read that, I didn't take it as a domestic violence joke. Um, but in this day and age, on social media, a lot of people get offended Rather quickly, and, and, and I'm not even trying to make fun of those people. Um, people take things differently. So I could see where people would take that seriously. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, that's just something you can't do. And their social media team changed a lot this year. So it, I think they brought in brought on even more social media conscience people, um, less soccer FC Dallas diehards, more social media people. So I was really surprised to see that, to be honest with you. Uh, But as far as the marketing goes, is social media marketing? What is marketing when it comes to a soccer team? How do you market a soccer team?
3: Well, I mean, for example, you see billboards in in Atlanta. You see the purple in Orlando. Dallas, on the other hand, you walk downtown and you don't see anything of FC Dallas. You don't even know that there's a soccer team. You would never know, uh, you know, that they even existed. You you could barely drive by the you could drive on the tollway right next to it and miss the stadium.
2: I I that's that's fair. I think what FC Dallas has mo- mostly done for their marketing is just rely on their academy kids to talk to their friends it seems like. Um,
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: I that's mean, what that's what it feels like a lot of the time, you know, your academy, you know, the kids in your academy are pretty much just walking billboards themselves.
3: I mean, that's true, but you know, when when you do Take a look at Major League Soccer, and you see the powerhouses of Orlando, uh, Seattle, Portland, Toronto, the New York clubs, uh, Montreal. Even or Sporting KC. You do get the sense that they're a little. They are professional, and sometimes you, here in Dallas, and even nationally speaking, Dallas still feels like a second-tier club.
4: I feel like they're really minor league in some sorts. I mean, it's just some of the things they, do, the antics they do off the field, leaves me every week saying. Wow. They really did well, this.
2: Well, well there you go. Well then I'll toss a question back to you about this. If a Dallas soccer team was brought into MLS today as a new team, what do you think the I attendance think the hype, would be for? It?
3: The hype would be bigger, the attendance would be greater. Now we're we talking the same location. Yes, same location. I think the hype would be different because I think their stadium I think another aspect of, of the attendance issue is how bad their stadium is. There's no roof in 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 temperatures yeah. during the summer where they reach well above a hundred, and we know that. And at eight p.m., they're still stuck in the in high eighties, low nineties. You're talking about a marketing failure from that aspect. Who wants to sit in that in that you know weather? Who wants to watch the game in that temperature when you're not even watching the the I mean, best are, players?
2: Aren't people league? doing that at the Rangers games? Aren't they just sitting out in the sun in the middle of summer too? I mean, I, I, I get what you're saying, but, I mean, you can make that argument. Rangers doing the same thing. I mean, that's why they're trying to spend, what, $8 billion on an air-conditioned stadium. Right. Uh, I To me, from what I think, I think if you rebranded – and it was a brand-new MLS team in Dallas today, I think it would be Atlanta-like. Um, and by that thought process, I think the front office is probably – fractured some relationships i've heard of fractured fractured relationships especially with other youth soccer clubs so due to what um I, from what i know it just and i was talking to somebody yesterday about this was that i mean they you're eventually you're basically poaching players
4: you're talking to me about i mean this. If you,
2: <laughs> yeah ex- i talked to you about this yeah. exactly so so if you're the dallas texans and you <laughs> You lost a kid to FC Dallas. I mean, how happy are you going to be about that? I mean, yeah, Armin, we talked Ooh. about solidarity payments and stuff like that. I yep. mean, how much are you willing to help out or even anything like that? I think, I think FC Dallas needs to do a better job with getting better bonds with these local youth soccer clubs. I think that would be a, be a big deal.
3: Well, I was gonna say thank you so much for joining us. You can follow, what is your shameless we got a yeah, little segment called the, the spiel I give it
2: the Yes. So at the nineteenth minute, uh, we're on there all the time. Uh, we have a Facebook. I honestly don't update it that much. And we also um, we also recently did a partnership a few weeks ago with a, a website called Dallas Sports Fanatic. If you ever heard of MavsFanatic.com it used to be a blog that covered the Mavs they've rebranded to cover uh, all Dallas sports and they did not have any FC Dallas content they found us and uh, we're posting our podcast on uh, on their site congratulations so, uh, on Spor- that uh, congratulations. I, I appreciate it but yeah com, or you can hit us on, up on Twitter at the 19th minute or I'm on Twitter too, uh, at CoolKenny27 I'm the fat guy in the ball kid shirt <laughs> the
3: fat guy there you go. Well, we appreciate it. It's always nice to to look at some local clubs here. So we we,
2: we re- definitely appreciate you uh, joining us. Certainly. Thanks Certainly, Kenny. man. I'll, I'll come back anytime.
3: It's always nice to get a uh, smaller club perspective, just a local perspective. Especially whether it's,
4: Kenny. Kenny's a great guy, too. Yeah,
3: Kenny's a great guy. I mean, obviously, we're based here in Dallas, but, you know, it was interesting talking to Jeff about Minnesota
4: exactly. uh, not too
3: long ago. Uh, and then hopefully uh, in the coming weeks, we'll get maybe somebody from, uh, what can call it, New York or Houston? Portland, Houston. Be interesting.
4: Are we uh, hinting at things?
3: Yeah, maybe. Um,. VAR, back in the Far. headlines. And it's not necessarily for the good reasons. Controversy. Lots of controversy. At the game we
4: were at last night.
3: And we have two different perspectives, because we were both at the same game, but some one of us sat in the press box, the other one sat in the crowd. So... Yeah. We, I got some gripes with that major league soccer and what they need to fix if they want to continue to implement VAR.
4: So should I explain the situation or
3: uh and there's multiple other situations if we get across the league. Obviously Kaka made big headlines, but yeah. then in Houston and San Jose there was there was something. But uh let's let's begin with Dallas because uh there was actually two controversial calls. First one being which the referee got right, the Kellen Acosta dive. Oh, yeah. Uh, horrible dive. Horrible dive. Now, let me ask you, Armand. Does the league implement some sort of s- suspension where they can go back to look if they dove because the Premier League has started that this season? They do
4: have something like that, and it's not just for diving It's all or something like that. It's also for challenges and whatnot the league will go through, and they can suspend players for simulation and whatnot.
3: So, Kellan Costa might either feel a suspension coming or his wallet will be feeling it. Yeah, Secondly, absolutely. If that would have been called a penalty, the referee would have gone back and looked. Right. He obviously dove. Now, would he have given Kellen Acosta a yellow card for I that? I think so, yeah. Okay. Okay. Just wanted to see how, you know. But the big, big, big incident coming in the 46th minute. The like 47th minute. 47th yeah. minute. It was, the, in
4: the stop, it was in stoppage time of the first half. Yes. Uh, well, to put some perspective, it we'll would start the playback. Just imagine a soccer field. Colorado's on the ball Atiba Harris hits uh, Dominique Badgey from behind Christian Coleman takes the ball from About the 30 or 40 yard line Takes it all the way down Finds Maxi Rudy, Maxi Rudy slots it in Goal and everyone's celebrating You know woo, woo we scored. Yeah, goal, Good job goal. team And then all, the, all of a sudden Sweet We shot. see the ref just Start walking to the uh, TV a, a sideline TV and we're like, why is this being reviewed? What happened? Turns out they they waved the goal off because of the foul on, by Atiba Harris on and So they, they put the ball back where Badgie was fouled. Now, I was in the box when I saw that, and I was uh, still a little confused. You were in the stands. Give me your perspective on that. Well,
3: okay. So <laughs> I was on my phone. Of course I was. The game was boring. Right. It was trash. It was really boring between the two clubs. But up until that point, I was on my phone, and, but I looked up Ruji's scores. But I got the sense something wasn't right because of the way the referee was acting, the way the Colorado players were standing. I was like, this is going to review. Now, I know from uh, the NFL, every scoring, uh, every scoring play is reviewed. Right. So I thought, oh, Major League Soccer does the same thing. They have to review every goal. Yeah, that's not the case. So I, I was a little bit confused. I had Armand texted me what's going on up there. I was, I was a little bit confused. Well, the referee points to the box, so we know okay, it's a review. Then he calls it back. The problem is FC Dallas did not do a good job of either putting a, a replay of the entire play so nobody can even try to assume what happens. Nobody knows what's going on. If, if something like that gets called back in the playoff game, of the conference final, it's gonna be madness. It, it's it's going to be a riot. There's gonna be a riot. Okay, right. there the the fans have absolutely no idea why the referee is calling back a goal. In 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 the NBA, there's a reason why. Okay, they're getting a flagrant two. They're getting a flagrant one. Right. Okay, whatever it is. The uh, in um, NFL, egg hockley the buff referee who works out seven days a week sits there and tries to explain to you literally to the detail player twenty four had his hand on player six helmet for seven seconds that's not allowed blah 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 it's MLS has an issue with not being able to explain why something it called
4: back and even the explanation of it it's a little confusing if you think about it because why this was called back was because that was during the attacking phase of play. It was an infraction. So, what is the attacking phase? The attacking of play? phase of play. Off the uh, video review sheet that we received from the press box says that the phase of play is determined by the referee when a team starts the attacking move towards the opposition's penalty area, leading up to the match-changing incident.
3: Which, is, which is crazy because VAR, right then and there, you sit there and you're like, I don't even Colorado. I think. When Iruti scored, said they scored. They didn't think something would get called back. But now you're having now you're having clubs suddenly have to change their tactics.
4: And the thing is, uh, Pablo Mastroeni after a game, uh, he told me that um, he told you personally. Yeah, yeah, he told me it's on the MLS website if you want to read it. Uh, there you go, it, shameless, shameless plug. plug. <laughs> he told me that he thought another play should have been reviewed, and I don't know if you remember, it was kind of earlier on when Badji got pulled down by Harris in the penalty box. I don't know if you were watching it or not, but he got pulled down, and he thought that should have been reviewed, but uh, but apparently uh, Alan Kelly said no. So, I mean, even when it went his way, they they had a little gripe with the VAR, and Oscar Pereira wasn't really happy. I mean, it's the second time in two weeks that they've had a goal taken away, and at press conference, it was just like a long, like, 10, 15-second pause before he talked about it. it was, <laughs> yeah, he didn't want to get fined. It, yeah, it was. It was <laughs> he did not, he, he yeah, did not he want to get fined. Yeah, Hedges even said that. He's like, I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to get fined. I mean, it's it's definitely changing the way how. It's changing, changing the way.
3: sport completely. Yeah, it's because it would have been Because it would have been better for Uruhti to hold the ball up, wait, make two or three passes, and then have scored.
4: But still, the attacking pays of play.
3: No, that would have it would have redirected the. Oh, you're right.
4: No, you're right. You're right. You're
3: right. The attacking phase the of play, play is, stopped. Yeah. So you're changing the entire. How is it Iruti ever supposed to know that 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 came that goal came off the attacking phase of play? Famously, the 2015 MLS Cup between Portland and Columbus. Remember, the ball went out of balance. The first goal remember,
4: scored.
3: Yeah. To me, that goal should. have... Because that attacking play, the ball should have never been... That would have clearly was out of bounds. That goal would have never happened, that first one by Portland. Right. When they were playing Columbus. Yeah. So to me, yes, that's when you use VAR. But something like Iruti, it's how, how are you going
4: to call that back? Because soccer needs goals to be entertaining in America, let's be honest. Here. This is not the Premier League where you can have an
3: exciting 0-0. Yeah,
4: exactly. So the implementation, I know because some, uh, some of my writer friends are talking about this, that... Taking away there. goals in a sport that needs goals is pretty dumb if you think about it. And and what what is VAR
3: supposed to? What what are they on the sheet? What what is it? What is the definition or the reason why VAR is there?
4: So VAR is all about a clear and obvious error. The on-field decision will only be overturned if the video indicates a clear and obvious error in one of the four match-changing incidents. It talks about goals, penalty kicks, straight red cards, or mistaken identity.
3: So, great. And 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 it goes. The sheet goes on to explain. Yeah, the sheet's
4: actually really good because I don't know. I think every casual fan should have one of these.
3: But that's not what. That's not how soccer is played. <laughs> I mean, here's the VAR is implemented major league soccer, right? If it, what about the college game? What about USL? What about the the smaller divisions? How are you if there? If you're training a player today and he's six, seven years old, well, VAR is completely changing how how the attacking phase of play is suddenly viewed. You suddenly have to start worrying about. Well, I know my player just fouled that guy. I'm not gonna counterattack because my goal's gonna be taken
4: care uh taken off. But it's all judgmental. So if the guy if the referee looks at the video and says, Okay, that wasn't a foul, the goal will stand.
3: Well then then you gotta start asking what's a foul and what's a not, rather than just leaving the the, the my 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 entire thing for VAR should be uh for um instant replay post match, so the diving all that I love that. Goals. You have goal line technology. That's good. That's easy. Takes within two seconds. Giroud against uh, Leicester City. Literally took two seconds for the referee to say yes, it was a goal. Juru was looking at him like, was it a goal? Was it in? I thought it went in. Uh, Peter Spash Michael takes the ball out. No, the referee knew it was in. It was in. Great. Spain and France. A couple uh, months ago, had an instant replay where a goal was looked was looked back to see if it was offside. I like that okay
4: if if what they should see is they're going
3: too far and too deep quickly with no, I, I agree with
4: I agree with that I agree with, I agree with that they're going too deep especially with the attacking base of play and whatnot I think it is too broad of a spectrum but I think also um, it's it's, it's 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 interesting. I mean mistaken idea like mistaken idea. That's okay too.
3: Sure, that's easy. The referee at the top of the stadium or wherever he is in the press box could have a little private corner, a little closet, nobody can disturb him. It will be locked so nobody can go pay him. It's actually to...
4: uh, blocked by security guards.
3: Is it really? Yeah. Blocked by security guards so no there's no tampering. Great. The, he could sit there and be like to the the middle guy, "Hey, you you know, carded the wrong guy." takes 15, 20 seconds to fix. Penalty kick. I understand because now with the diving and and with everything being so controversial, yes, I understand why you would take that and look back That Famously, was it the World Cup when when Holland played uh, Mexico?
4: Yeah, with Robin?
3: Yeah, Robin. Like, you know, if that would have been reviewed, probably the outcome would have been a little bit different. I don't know if he would have gotten the PK. Right. But the attacking phase of play, you're changing the game completely. How can you... How has M- MLS come in and say, we're changing the style of game? FIFA is going to look at them and be like, wait a minute, this is not good. The Premier League's not going to want to implement My this. My problem is,
4: it's coming in midseason. I don't think it should have been implemented midseason. I think we should have waited until the 2018 season. Because now you're just confusing everybody. Oscar Pereira said in his press conference, they just want clarity. They don't know what's going on, they just want clarity. And for the second time in the row they've been they've had a goal taken away it's it just it needs it needs more work and we saw the need for clarity in Orlando City and New York with Kaká. Yes let's and, let's let's talk about let's the talk other about instances cuz that, that one I think it isn't as match changing but it's almost as bizarre well
3: because it happened in like the 4th minute, minute or actually the 97th minute of the second half so it was it was at the end of the game the game was over but imagine if this was the 45th minute, say right before the second half started right. or the end of first half. So Kaka was shown a red card following a bizarre you know, video review into Stop and Shine against uh, the New York Red Bulls. So as, as time was winding down, uh, the Red Bulls were up 3-1. They had uh, The ball went out of bounds and you know the Orlando guy got up, New York Red Bull came and clashed. I don't remember who. But Kaká, you know, they got together. Well, Kaká famously, you know, famously jokingly put his hands around the mouth
4: of oh, and Colin.
3: Yes, Colin, and they were, you know, they were teammates. Teammates, Pass, past teammates, and they're laughing about it. Absolutely, you know, they're joking off the incident. It's the end of the game. Game was over. You know, they're what-
4: laughing, smiling. You know,
3: so, you know, the referee points a var and then looks back to check, gives the two yellow cards out and. You know, red card came out for Kaka. And you're yep. sitting there going like, wait a minute, what's going on?
4: It was for the hands to the face. Hands
3: for the face. And Jermaine, was it Jermaine Jones in the two thousand and no two thousand sixteen Copa America quarterfinal against it was in Seattle, I don't remember who Ecuador. they played. Ecuador, but he put his hands barely his you just barely put his hands on somebody's head. I mean, it was just kind of like, you know, like, hey, man. Like, you know, it was friendly. It was a friendly hand on head. And he got a red card for that. Right. And they made a new rule. You can't put, no matter what, you can't put your hand on somebody's head.
4: Well, if that's the rule, then the ref did his job.
3: No, the ref, again, the referee did his job. But the VAR came back and changed that.
4: And they they gave him the red.
3: And gave Kaka the red.
4: Do you think it was a warranted red?
3: Yeah, just... I've, I mean, according to the rule laws of the game, yes. But the referee should realize and understand the situation that he is in.
4: And again, this is, but that's not a VAR thing. The thing is, VAR gives a referee an opportunity to make a judgment call.
3: But if, he was checking back to the prior foul and the collision between the players after the ball was whistled dead.
4: Right. It's but it's a judgment call. And what Howard Webb mentioned is that. I'm no, by no means am I a huge fan of art, but I'm just telling you what I know. Howard Webb, he says it multiple times throughout his little uh, YouTube video. Made it's up to the referee to decide if they want to take the video assistant referee's advice. It's up to them. So it's not all the the video. The video allows the referee to look back, but it's still gonna be Alan Kelly or. Worlds referee the other game Toledo or all these guys it's all gonna be their, their decisions. It's not going it's not it's not the video it's not like the video uh, referees like all right yeah this is a definite red card uh, he's gone and the ref has to do it the ref have, ref has an option. Honestly completely misinterpreted how they said it but the ref has an option to implement it or not. If that makes any sense.
3: No not at all. Okay. So, now, I'm just messing with you. Yes, it makes sense. But what I'm saying, it doesn't make sense to the laws of the game. Where soccer is that free-spirited, you know, yeah, referees are going to make mistakes. I think video replay, like I said, offsides are not. Anytime a ball goes across the goal line and if somebody scores, they check to see if it's offsides. And if it was offsides, call, call it back. Simple. Penalty kicks, yes. Mistaken identity, Yes. Okay. Red
4: card? Do you don't think red card should be reviewed?
3: Uh, I mean, what what are you talking about? Red card for what?
4: I mean, if a ref gives you a straight, if a ref gives you a straight red card, it. I mean,
3: the referees are referees; they're professionals, just like players are. They know what they're doing. Yes, the referee will make mistakes, but that's a beautiful thing about sports. So,
4: what's the point of having VAR?
3: I think for that's a good question. But to me, it's the goals, because the goals matter that much more. Maybe red cards. You could probably even throw in red cards. Maybe after a year, you throw in the red card implementation to to see how it works. But the idea of soccer is it comes back to, to what we discussed uh, with the NBC Sports Package and, and why Major League Soccer has an advantage across any other uh, sport here in America is it's only a 90-minute game. You know what you're getting for 90 minutes. Right. You're not getting anything more or anything less. The same thing with the Premier League. That's why soccer, the Champions League. Everybody knows. In the Central Time, the game starts at one forty-five. It starts on time, unlike any other leagues. It starts on the on the right time, and it ends by three thirty, three forty, depending on uh stoppage, stoppage time, time. Breaks, uh, well, yeah, yeah, I that. Breaks. So it, it comes down to that, and. Your VAR and with the controversy of FC Dallas and the Cacao thing, now Kaka thing is a little bit different but especially the, the FC Dallas incident if this was Seattle versus Toronto, this would be a lot bigger deal.
4: Well yeah, the stakes are higher compared to what we're, we're doing right now. I think VAR is I would, not essential but I think it is needed because we need to come up with the times and what not but I mean, we saw that it's going to be a it's going to be a, a growing it's going to be a growing process. We're going to have some pain in between.
3: It, it's definitely interesting. I, I so far I do not like it, and to to the reaction of the crowd, nor do they.
4: Oh, they were booing all day. It's the loudest I've ever heard that crowd.
3: It's the loudest that that stadium has been in a long time. Probably a whole year. Oh, we're mean. <laughs> we are mean. Hey, thanks to Kenny Price for joining us. Follow us on Twitter at Sam Soccer Pod. We got a midweek show coming up, so stay in tune in a couple cool of days for that. Cool guests coming in too. Yes, we'll talk a little MLS transfers for sure and uh, plenty more. So like thanks for listening. I like this music.
0: Right now you can get both Sprint's Unlimited plan and the iPhone 10R with its amazing camera included for just $35 per month per line for 5 lines. All you need is approved credit and 24 month
1: installment billing. No trading required. Visit a Sprint store,
0: sprint.com
1: or call 800 Sprint 1. Phone $15 a month after monthly credits applied within 2 bills. If canceled early, remaining balance due. Unlimited basic after 63020 pay $32 a month per line with autopay. Data deprioritization during congestion. Speed maximums use rules and restrictions apply.